Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All of a sudden, my music uh, changed the genre. Anyway, welcome to Hometown Daily News Show for November 22nd, 2022. Let's just get into it. Hello, hello. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. And this is the Hometown Daily News Show. Again, for November 22nd, 2022. I do my show at 6 p.m. Eastern every single day. I haven't missed an episode yet. Yet. Um, but holidays are coming. And uh, I might end up being late, maybe, a couple of times. I'm not sure. Um, this episode is episode 326. And it's titled, Toys, Cars, Swifties, and Old Wine Glass, and More News. Let's get into the news. The uh, first article for today is over on the Lawner channel, and it is uh, titled, This toy company may have barked up the wrong whiskey-saturated tree. Um, I saw a couple of articles about this kind of uh, go rolling through. I haven't read anything yet, just like normal. My reaction is a uh, live reaction. <laughs> um, I, I may have experience with the topic to some degree. Um, maybe a... Uh, a moderately associated, I wouldn't even say tangential. Um, anyway, this is an article over at above the law.com by Chris Williams. And it says, uh, it's actually says bad boy. I'm not quite sure why uh, I'm sure the context is in this. Um, a court agreed on Monday to hear a dispute between the maker of Jack Daniels whiskey and the company that manufactures dog toys resembling the Tennessee distillery's iconic bottle. So this is going to be a trade dress dispute. Has to be, right? As a lawyer, pardon me, um, as a lawyer, this person, uh, I am not a lawyer. I, I am not your attorney i even if i was uh, an attorney i'm not your attorney but i'm not an attorney so anyway i'm reading this article and <laughs> it's it starts out as a lawyer um not me them uh they get the qualitative feeling many of you get uh you can use a good drink right yeah a lot of us need to have a good drink anyway they also say they get the quantitative feeling too. Alcoholism runs rampant within the profession. Yes, that is almost meme level for attorneys. Um, when when you ask somebody if attorneys drink, every attorney, that's how you know it's an attorney in the room. Regardless of where they are in the room, they'll start giggling. Yeah, attorneys drink apparently. Um, the court agreed on Monday to hear a dispute between the maker of Jack Daniels and this uh dog toy maker jack daniels says the plastic toys are tarnishing its brand and violating its federal trademark rights on the toys label the name jack daniels is replaced with bad spaniels and the words old number seven brand and tennessee sour mash whiskey are replaced with the old number two on your tennessee carpet while the whiskey bottle notes that it's 40 percent alcohol by volume the toy says 43% poo by volume and 100% smelly. Okay. So I would have to argue that this is not going to end well for, okay. You can throw a ton of money and maybe a court, particularly since it's going to the SCOTUS. Ah, these are the things anyway. It's satirical and it's probably going to end up being, <laughs> well, like I said, I, I just don't know. I don't know about this Supreme court. Um, I don't know about, there's another article in hometown right now about, are we in a simulation? Well, I can assure you within hometown, it is a simulation. It's, it, it, we're all just bots. But this is a joke piece. This is, it's a dog toy. It's, can it be, can a dog toy be satirical? 
Can the makers of it make it something that's satirical? Seems pretty satirical to me. I don't see where anybody can look at that dog toy and think, oh, this must be a bottle of Jack Daniels. And if you're talking about tarnishing the brand and violating trademark, I would probably step away from the reputational hit that maybe there would be confusion between that bottle as a toy and that bottle as a drink, uh, as a dog toy. Right. So, and the other one is, well, you know, you just get smashed. So at any rate, I don't quite get why they would be going so hard at this. Um, for those intently following the right to spoof, the case name is Jack Daniels Properties Incorporated v VIP Products LLC and will be brought before the court around February or March. Again, this article is by Chris Williams over at Above the Law. Follow that link that's over in Showbot. So if you type in hometown.showbot.tv, it'll provide you all of the links. You can follow those links over to uh, the various articles within hometown. And then in that article down at the bottom of it, it's going to say, take me to your leader. And um, it's actually visit the source, but it will take you to the leader. I had somebody reach out to me about an article that was on hometown recently. And uh, they, they said, Hey, uh, give credit where credit is due. And I do because <laughs> I say, visit the source, except that it's by proxy and um, so I removed the article because, well, I mean, I, I kind of was, and I figured I was doing harm. So maybe I was doing harm. Is it, does it, does linking to the very source that I got it from constitute harm? I don't think so, but okay. Hey, guess what? The next article is in the word in tech. And this was about words, so that's where my brain went there. Kia's rebrand has left many people wondering who KN is. And yeah, that actually, <laughs> when I first saw the new Kia logo, um, it, uh, it looks like KN. So let's go look at that. Right? Doesn't that look like KN to you? It's not. It's Kia. Yeah. It's the... Anyway. Kia's rebrand has left many people wondering who KN is. A tale of rebrands, search engine optimization, and the difficulty of trying to figure out what car you're looking at. Yeah. Mitchell Clark over at TheVerge.com wrote this article. And it says here, each month there are about 30,000 web searches for KN car, according to data posted by ad agency owner Ashwin Krishnaswamy. Hopefully I did that last name some justice. Over on Twitter. Anyway, the spikes in searches, which seems to come from people trying to figure out if they've missed the launch of an entirely new car company, started early last year, right around the time the vehicles with the new logo would have been hitting the streets, according to The Drive. Yep. I've made that same, like, what the heck is that car? And then I looked a little bit longer and said, ew, it's Kia. Well, there you go. If you see a car with a KN brand on it, it's actually Kia. Which I really don't like what... And, uh, so Kia isn't just a name. <laughs> but I'm going to move on. Now you know, folks, it's a public service of hometown and the mayor of hometown, that's me, to remind you that if you see a car with the branding KN, it's actually Kia. The next article is over in the Daily News Show. Oregon governor pardons 45,000 marijuana offenders in bid to right the wrongs of failed drug war. Agree. Um, I saw this uh, late, late, well, early, if you count midnight, um, on the East coast to be the break between one day and another, we are in a cycle. Anyway, um, I saw this 
right before I went to bed. And <clears throat> immediately said, awesome. Uh, so apparently this is Governor Keith Brown seen here speaking uh, during a press conference with California Governor Gavin Newsom on October 6th, 2022 in San Francisco um, and giving the thumbs up on pardoning 45,000 simple marijuana offenders. And that's the key phrase here. This isn't stuff where somebody um, apparently was even remotely harmed. No one deserves to, for, to be forever saddled with the impacts of a conviction for simple possession of marijuana, a crime that is no longer on the books in Oregon, um, said outgoing governor, uh, Kate Brown. So this is an article over at commondreams.org by Brett Wilkins. And it says her, it was the intent uh, to right the wrongs of a flawed and inequitable and outdated criminal justice system. Agree. Um, I think, uh, I think marijuana is healthier for you than cigarettes. Healthier, not, not healthy, mind you, because you're breathing in burnt particles of whatever. Um, yeah, there's, it's doing some level of harm. Um, those particles don't come out. Some do, not all of them. Let's not nitpick. Um, while Oregon, Oregonians, or Oregonians, yeah. Um, use marijuana at simple, similar rates. Black and Latina, Latino, Latinx um, people have been arrested, prosecuted, and convicted at dispro disproportionate rates, said Brown. We are a state and a nation of a second chances for the estimated 45,000 individuals who are receiving a pardon for prior state convictions of marijuana possession. <gasps> This action will help relieve the collateral consequences arising from these con convictions. Yeah, I think it's great. And simple possession where no one is hurt, I think um, it really should amount to nothing. It, even the the ones where someone is hurt, uh, the it, maybe it should be enumerated in some way that the possession uh, wasn't or shouldn't have been illegal even then. Um, but obviously breaking the contract, the social contract of not causing other people harm simply, um, like assault and battery and so on is still a criminal act. Um, at any rate, I get easily sidetracked. Although Brown's policy won't free anyone currently serving prison time for marijuana offenses, drug reform advocates cheered her move with the Drug Policy Alliance calling it great news. I think anybody that's serving time should be freed as well. I know that it's a change in the temperament of society to allow marijuana, but if they are serving time for something that is currently legal, I think uh, we should let those people free. Um, a bigger problem here, though, uh, yeah, I, I would say that it's a bigger problem is that our criminal justice system doesn't, well, once you're in prison, rehabilitation is sporadic. Um, I'll see if I can find some stats on this, but recidivism and, and really rehab to re-engage in the social contract that the, the the societal contract of being a member of society and not cause harm in the process of it. I don't think that's really like, I don't know if they've figured it out in the criminal justice system, put it to you that way. Um, so perhaps all of those that are in jail, but didn't do harm Right. As we measure it today, the the use and abuse of marijuana is not necessarily illegal now. It is to the federal system, but not to the states. Maybe the states need to reevaluate and let them let those people free. If all it was was simple possession and they're in jail for it. Because it does rise to a certain level where you do end up doing time. Maybe it's time to let them loose, reevaluate. 
make sure that they're ready to re-engage though in society, you know, because like I said, the criminal justice system doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem to really encourage broad spectrum, uh, counseling, advising, um, mentoring, uh, making somebody job ready while they're in prison. It's, it's largely for profit manufacturing of stuff, um, or isolation. They're limited to interacting with perhaps the same people that they were outside with that led to criminal activity that ended them up in jail criminal at the time, you know, I mean, it's a very complex, uh, not, not just a, you know, either yes or no kind of answer. There's a lot of sociological forces at stake here. And that's a, a lot of the reason why there's such disparity in uh, the uh, use of law enforcement and stuff like that. You know, people end up in jail largely because of the circles that we run in. Um, anyway, let's move on. The The next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel. Taylor Swift's tour promoter says it had no choice but to work with Ticketmaster. And I found this really interesting because I've been wondering why everybody was complaining about Ticketmaster for a particular reason is why I went looking. But I know that there's copious issue with Ticketmaster. Um, but when you peel back the layer of the onion, the layers of the onion, which I never really paid attention to because I wasn't, um, I wasn't a concert goer and it wasn't something that a client had ever asked me about, um, largely because now I know why, um, cause I've never had a, like an entertainment venue that would have used Ticketmaster um, as a client. But anyway, um, now I know, and it's quite fascinating and I'll tell you now too. So, um, CNBC is where is the source of this article. And again, if you go to hometown.showbot.tv, those are the links that will lead you through hometown over to, uh, the source, um, because hometown isn't a news aggregator. So it grabs a bunch of content under certain uh, keywords or, uh, categories and then funnels it into hometown.com. Well, this article is over at cnbc.com written by Sarah Whiten. Um, and, uh, I found it really interesting, not only here because, but because I had started reading about this elsewhere and then found it, um, in the last 24 hours within, uh, hometown Taylor Swift's tour promoter is shifting blame for the botched era's ticket sale squarely on the shoulders of Ticketmaster, and AEG presents, um, rejected the claims made by Ticketmaster and Live Nation's largest shareholder that the promoter chose to work with the ticketing site. And quote-unquote here, Ticketmaster's exclusive deals with the vast majority of venues on the Eras Tour required us to ticket through their system. AEG said in a statement to CNBC, we didn't have a choice. And... Um, I find this really interesting, right? Because everybody says, you know, why, why are they going through Ticketmaster? It's a horrible site. It's always a horrible experience. It's not always, sometimes it's, you know, inconsequential, but this was just a dumpster fire, hot mess. Taylor Swift's tour promoter is shifting blame for the botched era's ticket sale. It, it, there's no blame to shift. It went, it's always been Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the reason. Um, I've heard other commentators on this material say, um, that other ticketing services that had, uh, seats for this also experienced a problem. Well, I would probably look at the back end in the context of this. Maybe they all have a crappy back end, but one that really shouldn't would be the, uh, monopolistic one, which is Ticketmaster. Um, they, they basically broke the this distribution of Taylor Swift's tickets, although I wouldn't have uh, launched it under that many venues all at once. I probably would have rolled it out. Um, 
hell, you would have, you maybe even would have gotten knock-on kind of uh, ticket purchasers where they purchased this one. And then because they don't know if they were going to get the next one, they'd be, you could price those ticket in tranches, you know, if you want to be a greedy bastard and, uh, you know, <laughs> just kind of fish people along for a while. But this, this was wild where the system broke and tickets were like $35,000 or something like that. Um, anyway, they have all kinds of the fees, like a convenience fee and a no paper ticket fee and this fee and that fee. And it's all made up by them um, to nickel and dime because they are the silos of this information, the, the silos of the service that's literally nickeling and diming people. Uh, it, it, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. You know, I pay for a damn ticket and you get the juice from that. You know, you get the margin that's made by the ticket, the, the, the concert, the, the actual entertainment, and you get the margin between the seat cost and what they're demanding, um, as a percentage and maybe they pay a fee. I, it depends on the venue and all kinds of stuff, man. It, the, things need to be simpler, except that people are very exploitive and they'll sit there and say, well, this, this venue has a, uh, one degree of ocean view. And so I'm going to charge 25 more dollars. I mean, that's how you, that's how you leave no money on the table, but <laughs> it's such a greedy bastard concept, I guess, uh, as far as vitriol being, uh, nixed from my stream. Sometimes it's just appropriate. Um, I guess Swift herself blamed an outside entity and said she wouldn't make excuses for anyone. Yeah. I mean, the way that this works is that a Ticketmaster basically has contracts with venues and how do you charge more? You be in charge of the tickets for the very venues and you lay them out in a certain rate so that only certain people can purchase them at certain prices and you maximize the drip of those seats. Um, you also say to the venues, you can't go anywhere else. I mean, it's a very Walmarty kind of a thing. Um, cause Walmart makes deals with manufacturers, uh, with yeah, the, the producers and says, you have to sell it to us at a lower percentage than anyone else. Um, and if you try and offer it at a lower price to anyone else, we can charge you the, the difference or uh, demand the refund of the difference between the previous amount and the, this amount. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. They're in control of it and they, they crash it or they make a, a situation where people have to pay $3,500 for a ticket. I, I think that, well, I mean, if the venues are willing to, but what leverage does Ticketmaster have that a venue can't sit there and say, well, we're going to let this organization and this organization and this organization, well, they wanted the faster, cheaper money instead of, you know, selling it <laughs> themselves. Hey, you know, a WordPress site can actually set you up pretty damn quick and it can support quite a bit. I don't know if it can handle <laughs> 53 venues, but the venue, I mean, just have the people go to the venue. I know you wanted to make it frictionless for Taylor Swift fans, but for crying out loud, one-stop shop failed you. It's time to break it up. But business will do what business does, and it'll find an engineering solution. Perhaps overly engineered. <clears throat> this next article is in the Law Nerd channel, and it says, uh, Are top-tier law schools pulling away from U.S. news because of concerned action or concerted action? So let's click this link, and we'll just go over there real quick. And it says here, this is by Chris Williams at Above the Law as well. Sure would be cool if we all just independently did the same thing as each other within a very short period of time, such that it would be as if we all decided to do the same thing together. That's a great statement. Um, 
amounts to the, I did this, you, wait, you did this, I did this, I did this. Um, Amazon, Google, Meta, mere mention of these companies make antitrust lawyer ears perk up like Eminem at a rhyming word, <laughs> at a rhyming words with orange convention. All right. Oh, Mr. Williams, uh, quite humorous. Pardon me one second. Yeah, so um, Yale Law School last week pulled out from the U.S. news ranking shortly after Harvard, Berkeley, Georgetown, Columbia, Stanford, and Michigan followed suit. Uh, This is uh, a quote. And um, do these universities risk violating antitrust laws by withdrawing from the U.S. news rankings if the law schools? This is quite interesting, right? There's no surprise here either that uh, antitrust complications of these market share giants uh, have been well discussed in the past. They they have another article from a couple of months ago. So they too may be the new rhyme and reason for the Sherman Act's ire. So... If the law schools schools withdrew independently from the U.S. news ranking, that cannot constitute a violation of Section 1 of the Sherman Act, which applies only to agreements to restrain trade. But if the law schools parallel withdrawal masks an agreement among them to boycott U.S. news rankings, that agreement could potentially be anti-competitive for harming the quality competition among law schools. Interesting. So do all of these companies, schools, uh, companies, um, profit seeking, wait, not for profit, but still taking money because a not for profit doesn't mean that it doesn't accept money. Um, wait, so these organizations, if they all, walked away because there has been some unseen, unheard, unknowable gentleman's agreement, gentle person's agreement, then maybe they're in violation of the Sherman Act. Interesting. Guess we'll have to wait and see. But it says here, Is it considered action or is it concerned action? We're going to see something else later on. They simply can't leave the U.S. news. We'll get into it. Maybe. I think it's one of my last articles for today. Uh, this next article is uh, in the Hatch Ideas channel. FTX court says Sam Bankman-Fried ran FTX as a personal fiefdom, and the collapse was described in court as one of the most abrupt and difficult in corporate America. I wouldn't call this corporate America. I would call this nothing more than what amounts to a fear of missing out um, over-exuberant money grab. It is the equivalent of selling um, virtual landscape for the metaverse as if there is only one virtual landscape for the metaverse. And I say metaverse because cyberspace has lost its meaning, apparently. I would prefer (laughs) cyberspace than uh, metaverse, because now meta, <coughs> uh, Facebook, <laughs> cough, cough, <laughs> um, seems to have absconded metaverse. Anyway, so this is the same type of processing that brought down Adelphia computer and many others, uh, sorry, Adelphia communications, um, and many others, which is uh, treating the company as their own bank, as their own do-whatever-they-want-with-it. The true state of FTX's finances was only known uh, now. (laughs) And uh, they claim that Mr. Bankman-Fried's team spent roughly $300 million on holiday homes and property for senior staff. 
right there. I said this in the last article or the last uh, stream that I had um, uh, maybe day before yesterday. I mentioned this. Um, you you treat it like it's your personal bank and you're done for. November 2nd documents leak online showing Alameda Research, a cryptocurrency hedge fund run by Sam Bankman, 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 Bankman Freed, was financially unstable and reliant on a coin which uh, was by sister company FTX. Changpeng Zhao, boss of FTX rival Binance, announces the firm is selling its holdings in FTX-linked coins due to recent revelations. The value of FTX crypto coins plummets and panicked customers rush to cash out. These are the people that were trusting in the FTX linked coins, but are not connected <laughs> socially, politically, financially connected. Information moves a whole lot faster when large value of assets are involved. It's not really uh, the small fish that find out first, <laughs> the big fish have, have bigger ears. Two days later, FTX suspends withdrawals, basically screwing all the slow to move people or not capable of doing it. People that same day, Jingpao announces that Binance is looking to buy FTX to protect users. A day later, it walks away from the sale, citing concerns that mishandling of customer funds and alleged U.S. agency investigations. That same day, Bankman Freed attempts to gather emergency funding to plug the $8 billion shortfall in finances. And on November 11th, Sam Bankman Freed uh, uh, resigns and files for uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And my understanding is somewhere around this time frame, $400 million in cryptocurrency was exfiltrated from FTX. So that, that'll be interesting because they're still investigating where that might be. But this is the thing that's going to end him uh, in jail because he treated it as a personal bank, essentially, um, and bought personal property using the bank's funds for quasi professional reasons, right? You don't, a company doesn't buy that many homes for uh, the C-suite. <laughs> um, you know, I think I forgot to mention that uh, Joe Tidy is the reporter for this over at bbcnews.com. I just kind of jumped on my soapbox and started talking about this, but let's continue on with uh, the next article. Sabrin's new rocket nano ssd is smaller than a credit card i kind of dig small portable drives um Sabrin has announced a redesigned version of its tiny rocket nano portable ssd with up to four terabytes and speeds ideal for 8k video this is kind of amazing technology it's over at appleinsider.com but like most things that are mac apple uh, related, it ends up in Smack Talk there at Omtown if you're interested in Apple-related stuff. Uh, Andrew Orr is the author of this over at Apple Insider, though. Um, I grabbed it from uh, Omtown's uh, aggregation because I'm always interested in new gadgets. I like to talk about them. I want to have a whole show about it. Um, not just Smack Talk, which focuses on Apple, but um, Wanted, which is generally going to be a thing a show um, about um, the latest gadgets and because there is not enough time in the universe for me to um, you know, touch and, and uh, <laughs> consume every gadget that I find amazing and want to talk about. Um, it will be a news related show um, focusing on the aggregate of all kinds of gadgets and other tech and whatnot that uh, we want. It will be sans, um, I, I guess, the kind of news that is um, part and parcel to the hometown Daily News Show. So stay tuned for that. I am planning on launching that um, in the new year. So January should should see uh, five new shows coming. And I'm still considering doing a an IP business strategic management um, show 
uh, on the weekend. Still evaluating that. It, it's, it requires a lot more, um, but I want to spend more time here on Twitch. So um, let me know if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, this gadget, though, is the Sabrent uh, Rocket Nano SSD. It says it's smaller than a credit card. can hold up to four terabytes. Crafted from high-grade aluminum alloy. Uh, solid state. It's external, so you're going to have to attach it to something. Uh, USB 3.2 uh, Gen 2x2 interface supports data transfer speeds of um, uh, 1,500 megabytes. Not bits. The Capital B is bytes, so um, for maximum speeds when handling large data transfers. And this is going to, that's kind of the slow part of this is going to be transitioning from whatever the uh, connection is. If it is just an SSD and not an M.2 SSD, um, that would probably make those, this speed, um, yeah, reasonable. I mean, this is. It, it's still capable of 8K. So that that's pretty inexpensive, right? So it's a small drive. Um, you know, if you were to stack maybe three quarters, three and a half quarters long, that's how wide, that's how tall this drive is. And uh, a little bit, uh, maybe a third wider than a quarter um, here in the States. The four terabyte drive though is 500 bucks. So, I mean, one terabyte at 120 bucks is tolerable. Um, there's a mid tier drive that they don't have the price for, but I won't follow their link and go over there. Um, only because I want you to go over to appleinsider.com and show Andrew or that you like this article. Of course you can follow it, uh, via the link. You can get there via the link in hometown. Let's keep rolling through all of the articles. Uh, this one is in the Order of the Grape channel, which is all about wine. 300-year-old Chinese wine glass set to sell for up to $6 million. So at an auction, the white jade Phoenix container is expected to fetch millions of dollars during the auction uh, later this month, according to Chinese wine media outlet Vino Joy. It's part of an over-40-piece collection archiving China's... Um, Drinking culture hosted at the auction site uh, website Bonhams. Uh, the collection dubbed Ganbai, a toast to the Chinese wine culture, spans over 3,000 years of wine related artifacts. As the listing shares, that's pretty amazing. I'm surprised that it was uh, like, how did it get exfiltrated um, from China proper? You would think that this would have been caught or reclaimed uh, by somebody <laughs> 300 year old Chinese wine glass set to sell for up to $6 million at auction. So this is an article over at vinepair.com by Nicolette Baker. Um, and it shows this seemingly perfect. It looks like more like a wine jug to me, but this is, it says it's a wine glass. The white jade Phoenix container is expected to fetch millions of dollars during the auction. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe this. Um, it's a white stone uh, container, but it looks like a gravy boat on top of um, a bourbon bottle and just kind of welded together at a, a thick point. So if you're listening to this in the podcast, um, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like, but it has these kind of rings on it um, that are kind of um, something that you would see on a, a big container, like a brazier or something like that, um, something to be able to hook onto and lift it. Uh, but this is apparently pretty small, not too big. Um, at any rate, Looks like it's in perfect condition from here. The picture isn't actually particularly stunning, but it says, in imitation of an archaistic bronze gong, there you go, that's what I was trying to get at, um, finely carved with stylized phoenix panels on both sides, standing on a slightly splayed foot, carved below the lip rim with a phoenix head suspending a loose ring. The faceted handle well carved with a playful chi dragon or key dragon 
with its head and a paw resting on the rim, its sinuous body coiled through the handle, the translucent stone of an attractive milky white tone with an area of amber inclusion below the lipped rim. Um, and apparently it has a box because it says comma box. <laughs> so it's pretty neat. Um, I don't know. I would probably treat this like a car and say, well, I can't justify 3 million or 6.4 million us dollars. Pretty neat. Next article is in the Lawnard channel. Crank Harvard law professor trolled by crank comedian in bizarre world collision. I, I always love above the law articles. This is uh, Joe Patrice. It's peak 2022 is what he says. South park once, uh, mocked the show family guy suggesting all of the latter shows gags are produced by manatees mashing together pop culture references at random. Perhaps the universe is taking lessons from the manatees after Twitter provided a mind melting exchange between Harvard law resident theocrat, sorry, uh, Harvard law's resident theocrat, Adrian Vermeule and nineties trivia answer Rob Schneider. Yeah, okay. Joe Patrice, thanks for bringing this to our attention. It says here, Adrian Vermeule, or Vermeule, I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name. Perhaps Elon Musk can work a kind of miracle, unifying all of Twitter on that view that America's new public square ought not to be the private plaything of an arbitrary, childish, and vulgar billionaire. <laughs> wow. Um. This is the thing that is real in 2022. Vermeule spent the pandemic dreaming up a bargain basement theocracy, arguing that conservatism had lost its way by embracing theories of originalism that amount to pseudo-intellectual efforts to reverse engineer outcomes and instead advocates a sort of Catholic integralism based on religious authoritarianism or something. He tried to backtrack on that essay pretty quickly. But Judge William Pryor recently included Vermeule on the Federalist Society enemies list, but along with Above the Law. So maybe we need to cut him some slack now. Well, yeah, I've been saying that that's pretty much where where we are headed with oligarchs, um, politically connected, ultra rich, and uh, throw in the religious component, and you have a theocratic fascist plutocracy. Um, and, uh, if we're, it, it may take longer than it took, uh, you know, Turkey to shift, but, you know, we have a lot of, um, <laughs> I don't know, freedom in the guise, or I should say fascism in the guise of freedom. And it's going to be great for one, uh, vocal loud component, but that's about it. <laughs> and so uh, in, in support of society and uh, humans being innately social animals who, by the way, when we are younger, do not care about religion or gender or socioeconomic status or so many other things yet. Uh, it's supposed to be a slight that somebody calls you childish. Well, maybe if we could take away some of the understanding, or I should say lack of barriers that children have for accepting people into their life and uh, didn't actually have such disparity that people have to turn to crime um, to feel like they're in control of their life and that they're making an opportunity, um, even at odds with the social contract, um, you know, equity, openness, engagement, understanding all of these things and all of that spawned from this article, because it just seems like we are building polarity and, um, wing nuts suggesting that Everybody should practice your particular religious tilt. Um, but anyway, it says here, that's when he was actually noteworthy. 
At this point, the guy is only really important for having such uh, a much more talented daughter, apparently, Rob Schneider. Um, but getting back to the substance of the exchange, it's a transcendent artifact of late stage reactionary politics. A hard right law professor uh, champions core little C conservative aesthetics of religious uh, modesty against the right wing's newest hero, a South African tech bro who set billions of dollars on fire so that the GOP rank and file could use the N word online and all the prof gets for his efforts is a crude public clapback from Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway. Um, there's another Reddit for where I would have submitted that, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it here on the stream. At any rate, uh, the next article is in the Law Nerd channel. Yale and Harvard can't quit. Um, the ATL, by the way, um, you'll the law school rankings. So check this out. <laughs> so, uh, we don't rely on self-reported data. So is this the beginning of the end for the lamentable hegemony of the U S news and world report, uh, law school rankings? Definitely. Maybe as the publication, uh, time, uh, Harvard, Berkeley, Georgetown, Columbia, Stanford, Michigan, and Northwestern have all followed Yale's lead and declared that they'll no longer answer to submitting data um, to U.S. News and World Report uh, on uh, various things that allow them to uh, rank <laughs> uh, colleges, universities. So maybe, is this... What's going to happen is that Above the Law is going to have their own now. ATL has been publishing our own law school rankings for a decade, and our uh, and our approach, in stark contrast to U.S. NWR, is entirely outcome-driven. ATL's is the only ranking to incorporate the ABA employment data for the most recently graduated class. While we don't believe our ranking or any ranking should dictate an individual law school applicant's decision-making rankings are a useful tool provided the user grasps the underlying methodology and priorities of the list maker. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem is that at some point, U uh, S news and world report uh, ranking of schools became something that you could just flip to. Um, and um, the society's ideology about accepting that particular business model, that process um, shifted and some schools bowed out and it's largely about this whole, um, elitist conservatism versus blah, 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 um, kind of back and forth, um, like two gangs. And, um, so there are some people that won't hire, uh, call, uh, graduates from this college or that college because of the ideology, uh, apparently of the college and that it might, and sometimes it does show through as being the reason why somebody made a decision this way or that way. Right. It, it, I'm, I know it's hard to be nebulous and actually make a point, but um, this is just a magazine and we give it semiotic ontology. We we've given it value and purpose and meaning uh, because We've accepted it as the answer of the question, which school should I go to? It's going it, to, it should be tougher than that. <laughs> Why? Because they're feeding one chart to a plurality of people and th the context, the minutia that is the human condition has to be assessed by somebody, either the, the student or the accepting school has to, you know, deduce from grades and from writing and, um, you know, letters of recommendation and extracurricular uh, activities all playing a role in being accepted in school. Because some schools, they want they want provenance and notoriety from their graduates and they then in turn get all of the glory. Arguably they get a lot of money sometimes, 
Um, but in any case, the objective is to make sure that they pump out well-qualified, sometimes holistic students, depending on the school that they go to. So it may be tough for you to look at, it's tough for me to look at U.S. News and World Report on um, the school rankings, but when I'm looking at it, I just see everybody being categorized. This, that, or the other. Then they just look at it and go, oh, it's number one, so I want to go there. It may not be number one for you, and you may die on the vine when you get there. You will just sit there and be apoplectic because the uh, school is aggressive beyond what that article told you about. And when you went there, you didn't really detect it. And then when you started, it's soul-crushing. And now you hate you know, law or whatever you end up at. So anyway, I guess in a way, look at more than one ranking, look for opinions and talk to students that have gone there, go to the subreddits for the college or the region, um, and talk to people. Um, it's, it's fine. Take your time, choose right so that you don't have to relocate, change your major again and again, burn time. You can make more money. You can take more classes, but you can't get time back. And um, if you are on the, if you have a, a swift objective, then time is really not, it's not your friend. You want to do as much as possible, get through school and get into the workforce. Um, some people are like that. Other people are completely meandering through what they want to do. Um, and some people 50 years later still don't know what they want to do. So, um, yeah, as far as the U.S. News and World Report, I stopped paying attention to that decades ago. Um, and just to let you know, I, was, I wasn't in school decades ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, non-conventional student. I'll, let's just put it to you that way. So Yale and Harvard can't quit the ATL law school rankings like they did the U.S. News and World Report rankings because the ATL doesn't require any of that information from the school. It's about the, my, I, my understanding is it's more technical and just says, look, uh, students from these schools um, get hired over at this place. It's all about employment and, and uh, performance, from what I understand, right? So go check it out. At any rate, uh, that is it for today's Town Daily News Show. Runs about an hour usually. Um, I've been trying to go slower through the news, so if anybody wants to chat about a particular topic, they might stumble into the room um, and ask questions, but I know that a lot of people actually um, kind of lurk like, I've been doing in somebody else's channel right now. At any rate, um, I will see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. I will do this at 6 p.m. Uh, every day until um, January 1st, and I'll reevaluate between now and then if I'm going to move it up or down an hour because I want to launch another hour of show um, around the daily news show. So uh, a new topic for each night after the hometown daily news show or before i don't know huh i don't want to keep pushing the daily news show uh, later and later but at some point what i want to do is going to eat into the rest of uh life and so <laughs> i need to figure out how many shows i can actually do a night uh one show for three hours isn't really my nature um i like breaking things up into uh, sections. Um, otherwise, you know, I feel like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. That's why I love the news. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Hey, um, BZ. Uh, wow. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm at the end of my show, but I will hang out and talk. Welcome everybody. Um, from 
BZ show. I appreciate you coming on over. I am Mayor Watt, and that is uh, ometown.com over there. Oh, my graphics are messed up. I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, wow, hold on. Let me, let me see <laughs> who all came in. Oh, so many people. Hey, Scooby, thanks for the follow. Um, hi, Kai and Tushu. BZ, of course. How are you? Uh, you were still playing um, Spider-Man, yeah? I don't have many, many things to, like, notify everybody in the stream where you were coming from. But you are all coming from the same place, so I hope you know what was being streamed. Yeah, I was in your stream and uh, I took off. I missed the end of it. Sorry about that. I'm, I've actually been lurking, but you've been muted and then <laughs> you just showed up. So thanks for coming over. If you have any questions, I'm happy to discuss them with the, with you. What's going on here is that hometown is a news aggregation site um, set up by me for my professional purposes. And then I introduced it to a bunch of people. Um, they thought it was really neat. And uh, what it does is it reaches out and aggregates about 200 news sources, much like a, a search engine, except that I don't have to search for anything um, unless I want to. I just love the feed of information constantly flowing into Ometown. And then what I want to do is do 51 hour shows that get turned into not only 24 hours, seven days a week of content here on Twitch, um, streaming original content and when not streaming original content, past episodes. Um, and then it gets turned into a YouTube channel and it gets turned into a podcast. And I do all of that um, every day. And I'm starting with Hometown Daily News Show, which is a composite of all of the news um, that I find interesting in the day. And I whittle it down to about 10 to 15 articles. There's the five minute pitch. Uh, I hope that you find it interesting. Um, thanks, business. Uh, or do you go by Brad? Business Brad, thank you for following. I appreciate it. Um, I am not new, but my show is only an hour long. Um, I'm staying late for y'all. Uh, but I welcome you to come back. I do it every day at 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I mostly talk about um, everything from the crossroads of business, technology, and society. That's what I actually do every day um, to uh, businesses and individuals and groups. So, <laughs> Got it. Um, I will uh, keep doing this show come January, but I'm going to actually extend, add five more shows um, one unique show a night. So I'm going to be talking about movies one night and gadgets another night, as well as doing the hometown daily news show, um, and, and keep on trying to grow. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if, uh, BZ said anything before coming over, but I don't, um, advertise my channel. Um, I just do this one hour show and, um, I hope that people come back. Uh, it, it will be changing and so will the site. Um, hopefully by January, we'll have a new site that has a, a constant flow of news um, trickling in. But when you go into any of these little sub channels, um, which are actual channels, channels that I want to bring a show uh, to Twitch with, there will be content that is relevant to that particular um bit of information that category like distillerist is about uh, drinking spirits and policy metrics is about policy smasher trash is about evaluating gadgets uh, continuity report is about um, movies tv shows anything that might have a continuity report um, which is a legit thing it allows uh, people to track where every little object is and make sure that when they move from one place to another or they cut a scene and start over uh, the continuity report makes sure that the glass is in the right hand or the sign is seen uh, the same way from this angle or that angle. It's pretty neat. Um, and so I like talking about 
movies and, and TV shows and then finding something within it that kind of makes you go, oh, they broke it. And people get paid money to make sure that everything is identical shot to shot because they have to break it down and then do it again. There's so many topics um, that I am interested in. ABZ, I even have jewel crafting in here. Um, you probably don't go looking for stuff like that, but um, I'm into maker stuff. Um, and that was actually one of the streams that we were considering doing. Uh, I've got a CNC and I've got a laser and I've got 3D printers. And so uh, what I do uh, when I'm not running hometown is um, business related and intellectual property related. So that's one of the shows that I talk about called Hatch Ideas. Um, and uh, there's a couple of others like Write, Protect, um, Law Nerd, um, etc. There's a bunch. So... Yeah, I can imagine. <clears throat> oh, and I had a forge at one time and um, got a bunch of stuff. I've got what's referred to as a lab, the mad scientist lab, right? It's really just a basement, but I've got all kinds of stuff. At any rate, um, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. And if you want to talk about the news or... Um, pretty much anything i'm i'm really honest about this and i have a lot of experience i'm further in the old camp than the young camp i'll put it to you that way and so i've done a lot of business and i've uh, seen a lot of things and uh, most of the topics that are even aggregated i have some experience with to some degree um, or there's something uh, related to it that we can talk about where it's some knock-on effect, like, you know, the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't really realize or even care that there is an event going on. And there is a knock-on effect of this Ukraine-Russia, well, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, let's call it for what it really is. There is no conflict. It's Russia invading Ukraine in Ukraine defending itself. But in that is uh, oil is now uh, more expensive, natural gas is more expensive, and wheat. Wheat around the world was grown in Ukraine and it's growing season now, except that everybody's blowing everybody else up. So wheat is astronomically expensive and that has a knock-on effect to our entire consumer uh, price index, which has been shooting through the roof almost vertical and this is one of the things that i talk about because it all starts with tech um, goes through uh, business and ends up impacting society we know about the conflict in russia because we or i should say in ukraine the invasion of ukraine um, because information is now instantaneous and that's just how fast the price for something can be impacted now there's a conflict, uh, you know, in the um, uh, Russia-Ukraine region, and that is going to instantly drive the prices for gas and food around the world uh, up. Uh, within an hour of n the notice of a conflict, the price jumped again for everything. Um, so that's just one of the things that we end up talking about uh, here in the hometown daily news show uh eventually i will break out large portions of it but other than that that's kind of how the show works questions <laughs> i don't want to uh, i i feel like i'm a bad host because i'm leaving um but y'all are awesome for coming in i really appreciate the follows that i got um thank you for hanging out still i see some of you are still here um feel free to um, click that follow and, uh, you'll find out when I do another show, um, it would, um, it would be 6 PM Eastern though. So if, um, and I try not to get too political, I, I try not to, um, kind of drive people away cause I want honest communication. Um, and, and I will, I will bend the streams so that I can, and by stream, I mean these streams, um, so that I can hang out with y'all. 
um, and answer the questions regardless of what they are. And, and, um, I don't like vitriolic argumentation. Um, we just chat and have a good time while we're doing it. Um, cause I talk about games and stuff too. Yeah. Quite a lot of stuff goes on here at hometown. So I hope you dig it. Um, hi tricks. Thanks for coming. How many, I'm how many, my gosh, there's so many people that I missed saying hi to, but I know all of you from over at BZ's zoo. Is that <laughs> anyway, where should I send you all? James and Michelle are playing. How about I do that? Let's raid um, James and Michelle, right? Hold on a second. Let me do it the right way. So I'm going to raid. There you go. I'm going to raid James and Michelle. They're always a blast. Hey, not a problem. My pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that the raid came in and everybody dug it for as long as I was sitting there on my soapbox talking about the show. <laughs> Eventually I'll be playing games too. We only have a little bit of time before I, now, obviously I'm push you over to <laughs> James and Michelle. I'm just waiting for more people to say anything. Yeah. You want to talk about dancing with the stars crowns the season 31 winner? <laughs> I'll see y'all later. Bye-bye.